I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, October 21, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we didn't have a video after Friday's close, but Friday the market went down and hit the 297 that we discussed Thursday. Now I didn't necessarily know it was going to happen in one day. I figured it would happen in a couple of days, take into the beginning of this week. However, they did the deed in one day and here we are back up testing the high from Thursday. We know all that, but why do I bring it up? Why is it important? Well, let's go to both sides of the equation. Let's go to the bottom side first, the south side. Why was 297 important? Other than the reason that we've been discussing 297 for days and days and days, and we have these numbers from time to time that just continue to appear over and over and over again. This is one of them. There will certainly come a time when the 297 is no longer important, Until it's no longer important, it is important. So therefore, one of the reasons why we were focused on the 297 was this breakup candle low. The low is 296.97. The low on Friday happened to be 296.99. I'll move this over so we can all see the number. 296.99 against a low from the few days before of 296.97. That was on the 15th. Of October just a few days earlier now let's flip it around let's go in the other direction and talk about where are we going are we just going to head to new highs here's what I'll say about that it's certainly possible it's certainly on the table is it probable is the question and from where I sit it's not necessarily probable sooner than later however Let me just briefly explain what we're looking at. First, we had a breakup candle high. That high is 299.84. You can see what happened up here. Now we've closed above that high. That's one close above that high. That's okay. That's meaningful, but it's not an end-all be-all. Couple of closes above there, and that's much better. However, there's another high, another breakdown candle high right here, at 300.67 so we're getting close to the next area of overhead resistance or what should be a natural area of overhead resistance it's just a coincidence and in this case it is really just a coincidence it's a coincidence that these two breakup candle highs come in very very close to one another so therefore there is a lot of overhead resistance up in this neck of the woods now here's what I'll say if in fact we close above the high of the next breakup candle I think that's all she wrote if that's it that's the tell for me that's my cue that I believe the market will then go ahead and bust through and make new all-time highs that would be in my book an early sign but it's certainly a solid sign what's the better signal the better signal for me is that gap right here the gap comes in at 30108 if we fill that gap and begin closing hourly and then certainly daily above that gap that's in my book a ticket onto the new high train now while we're on the topic of new highs since we're on the topic how high would the market go if we did bust out 
to new highs. Look at it this way. We've already been to a high of 302.63. So if you just think in terms of fat round numbers, they don't have to be big fat round numbers, but they're semi-fat round numbers. 300 is a big fat round number. 300 was closed above today. Is that an accident or a coincidence? Probably not. The next round number is really 305. So we'll just use that as a guide. Why do we do that? Because at new highs, if the market, if, it's a big if, if the market is going to make new highs, we're just going to have to use logic and common sense. They may spike the old high. They may spike it by a penny. They may spike it by a dollar. They may spike it by two or three dollars. We really don't know where would they find normal garden variety overhead resistance. We don't know because it's at new highs. That's the problem. A lot of people will guess. A lot of people will say they know. A lot of people will say, well, because of this extension or this number or this situation, here's going to be the top. But that's really just a guess. We all know that. We don't know until after the fact. So we use logic, common sense, and the target, if we make new highs, would be 3,050, 305 on the SPY. It's not a number we're going to put a stake in the ground on. We're just using it as a guideline for now. Remember, we had the discussion about new highs, but we still have to first get through the next spot of overhead resistance, which is the next breakdown candle high. The high is what? 300.67. What about the flip side? Let's now talk about the downside. How do we know that the market is failing? What is that price where if we close below, not we, but if the SPY closes below, where's trouble? Where is that number? We know one number for sure, which is 297. But there's another number above 297 that would crack the market if we closed hourly and then certainly daily below. Inside the numbers, members will have that number in the morning if we are trading down. If we're trading up, we don't need that number. Everybody inside the numbers will have that number as soon as we need it. By the way, just like there's a lot of overhead resistance up above, and by the way, don't think there can't be another short squeeze to make new highs. That's generally the way it's going to happen. What's going to happen is there's going to be a spark. If they're going to make new highs, this is how it's laid out. There'll be a spark. It may be overnight news. It may be China. It may be something else. It doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's news during the day or whether you wake up to a gap up, you're going to have first the people with FOMO, fear of missing out. They're going to start to hop on because other traders are beginning to cover their shorts, pushing the market up. So it's a double whammy. You get FOMO and short covering. You put both those things in a bucket, mix them around, and what do you have? You have new highs. Let's take a look at another chart. Here's a little short hop for you. 120-minute chart. Just want to point something out. So here is the 18th, which was Friday. Same thing we looked at on the daily chart, but I just want to point it out on another chart. Here's a breakup candle. There's the breakup candle low right around 297. What happened? The market ran down to test 297 and quickly and immediately reversed in the other direction. What is that? Bullish or bearish? Well, obviously, it's bullish. The faster a market reverses away from a gap, a breakup candle low, a breakdown candle high, the faster markets advance away from these price zones, 
the more telling that is when we're reading the market. If it's trading away from a breakup candle low and it trades away real fast, what does that tell us? It's bullish. What was it? It was bullish. What do we do all the time? We talk about this all the time. If they shoot out of the area where the gap exists, for example, that's bullish. Now, there was a gap below, and certainly nothing says at the time that they couldn't have run down to fill the gap. We're looking at it after the fact, but we also know because we discuss this all the time that if we see, in fact, the shorter-term charts begin to reverse, begin to put in a low, how do we know that? Well, that's where the course comes in. Everything that's taught in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course is exactly for that reason. So we can identify the market based on whatever time frame we're looking at. If I'm looking at a daily chart or a 120-minute chart or a 240-minute chart, and I know where a certain area is, I want to go down to the shorter-term charts as that's occurring. We have to do this in real time. I'm looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. There are things we're looking at. All these things are certainly identified and described in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Once we can identify those happening on a short-term chart, it gives us our trade. It also gives us our stop. We have something to trade against. We know where we're wrong and we're able to lose small and fast in this particular case because we knew where the wrong area was. Okay, before we wrap up the SPY, there's a couple of lingering items that I just want to discuss. Look at today's volume, 35 million shares against an average 90-day volume of 70 million shares. It's half the volume. Can we have a takeaway from that? Not really. The market's going up, price is an absolute, but there certainly was not institutional conviction participation today doesn't mean the price can't go higher it just means what it means there was no oomph behind the buying today it's a puzzle piece it's on the table but we're also aware of the old adage they teach you in trading 101 what is that adage never short a dull market today was a dull market there's no sellers out there today there's like a seller's strike so we take the market at face value, and right now the market's pointed up. It's bullish. There's nothing technically wrong with the market. That's the way it is. What do we have over in Camp IWM? It's quite interesting. We're above the trend line. That's interesting in and of itself. We talked about it on Thursday. We closed above it, and we said you have to do it a few times. It's not just a one-shot deal. However, they were above it. That's a bullish sign. Friday, they closed below it and put in what I would normally call a pseudo-doji candle, but this one's questionable at best. However, it was still below the trend line. I think that's somewhat of a telling thing, and had I made a video on Friday or over the weekend, I would have said that. However, here we are, well above the trend line, but look at the type of candle that we put in today. It's a tail candle. We made a high, they pulled back, they closed poorly, finishing not on the lows, but certainly closer or near the lows, that's not a sign of strength. That's a warning signal. The IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, but there's conflicting data. Let me go farther and explain. So I'm watching this and it's leading. It's a leading indicator. So it has relative strength all day long. The IWM is up more than the SPY is up. You have to take that at face value. It is what it is. 
However, as the day goes on, the IWM puts in a top and sells off. Let's go down to an hourly chart just so we can have a visual while I explain what I'm looking at. And then we finish the day very close to the opening range low. Not on the lows, but close enough. That's not bullish. It's bullish when you finish on the highs of the day. It's bullish when you have a good close. It's not bullish when you have a poor close. But we have to take into consideration the position of the market. We're above the trend line. There's a big gap. Can they come down to fill the gap, test the trend line, and stay above and stay bullish? Absolutely. If I had my druthers, that's what I would say is going on. What I'd say is going on is the market is not necessarily ready to break out yet. They're more apt to come down and retest the trend line, fill the gap, and then make a decision on which way they're going to go. That's the way I see this chart right now. Nothing's definitive. I'm letting you inside my head. It's a dangerous place to be. You know all about that. But as we look around the horn here, we see another pseudo-doji candle, 240-minute chart. So we see indecision. Doesn't mean the market can't go sideways for a few days and then drive price higher. That's certainly possible. There's something else that we should point out. Most of you already know about this. You've seen it. Here's a breakdown candle high. We didn't quite get to the breakdown candle high, but that was an attempt today to get to the breakdown candle high. So even if the market does go higher, meaning the IWM, even if it does go higher tomorrow, Wednesday, whatever it is, that would be under normal conditions, garden variety overhead resistance. What's going on down at the transportation department? Look at the relative strength here. Remember, IWM and transports, my two favorite market-leading indicators. The transports were up 143 points today, 1.36%. That's a big day for a leading indicator. Is it in the midst of a breakout or were they just going to fill the gap? They didn't quite get the gap. The gap happens to be 10,705 and change. The high today was 10,690. Missed it by that much. We're looking at this chart. We're going to take the duck approach. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's likely a duck. Where does this market, meaning the transports, run into trouble? A, below today's low. But what's right below today's low is another gap. There's a lot of space between where the transports are currently and the moving averages. Down below, all four moving averages are pretty much squeezed together in roughly the same general zone. What's the likelihood that the market gets too far, too fast away from those moving averages? It's unlikely. We could certainly go higher, and nothing says we can't. But for the market to run away, away from those moving averages, without giving them a chance to catch up or coming back down to test them is unlikely. Can happen, just won't happen for very long and shouldn't get too far away from those moving averages. Namely, home base. What's home base? Those of you that have been around for a while know exactly what home base is. Home base is the 20 period moving average. By the way, where do you learn the remainder of all this stuff. I'm giving you snippets here and there. How do you piece together the whole thing? All the stuff is in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. How about the cues? Similar situation, as long as the cues remain up in this upper range here, they're okay. Getting below, closing hourly, and then daily below, you have a gap, 
You have the moving averages. That's what would likely happen, not necessarily in the next five or ten minutes by getting below this low. However, that would be the tell of what's likely happening. As long as they stay up in this range, they can play chop shop for a while, but they'll want to work their way higher. To where? Same conversation as the spiders. New highs. One thing we should note that is a difference between the spider chart, for example, and the Q chart. We have to recognize the difference between all these charts. That's why I don't like to link markets together. I treat each chart independent of one another. The thing we want to notice on this chart are the gaps or the lack of the gaps. There's no gap here. It's already been filled. It even filled it here, but it also filled it right away. So here, even if we come up, there's nothing to fill. Are they just coming up? to continue on to make new highs. Are they coming up to just test the former highs? There's no gap to fill, so there's only one reason to be up here. Test the former highs or make new highs. How about the financials? We always talk about the financials and the fact that without the financial participation on the upside and also the southern side, it's unlikely to find the market going in opposite directions. One day to the next, that's fine. But in large part, from a macro standpoint, from a trend standpoint, it's not going to happen. We've talked about this hundreds of times. Why? Because it's a truism. Same routine. Banging on the door of the former highs. It's showtime. Are we going to make new highs or are we going to get rejected and have to reset the market? And that goes for across the board in all markets. We don't know the answer. Anybody that says they know the answer is really just guessing. Nobody knows from one day to the next if the market will absolutely make new highs or it will get rejected at the highs. We want to believe we know. Some people think they know. But the reality is nobody knows. That's the reason why we do what we do. We take the market like a set of stairs. One step at a time on the upside, one step at a time on the southern side. We know our price levels, we know what's important, and we just plot along one candlestick at a time. Anything different or new to report as it relates to the SMH? No, not really. It's the same that we just discussed in all the other markets. It's obvious. You can see what's going on. We talk about this all the time. Here's the weekly chart. Was there anything ever really wrong with the SMH? No, it was in an uptrend. And guess what? The trend is your friend until it's not. How about gold? Let's discuss gold for a moment. I think there's a lot of interest in gold. The interest is likely going to wane a little bit if gold comes down. You see the horizontal trend line I put on the screen. 14.32 spot 40. That's my spot. There's a gap. There's a lot of chart support in that neighborhood. In here is called chart vibration. When you see this, that's the market's way of telling you that that price zone in here, the whole thing, is important. All this stuff, this is a chop shop. What this is telling you is that price is important. If price failed, it would be important on the way back up. If price powers forward as it did and they come back, they're coming back to do what? They're coming back to test the former breakout and former breakdown area right here. There's a gap there. The gap is out of convenience. Nobody says it has to stop right on the dime at the gap. But this is a guideline. This is what I'm looking at if the market comes down. This is a buy zone. Does it have to get to the gap? No, it doesn't. 
There's a gap window here. So this is a low of a breakup candle. They could stop at that price. What is that price? The low here is 1448. Just so happens it's around a semi-fat round number of 1450. So 1450, 1448 is a spot. Continue down a little bit lower, 1430, 1432 in that general zone, that's another spot. I don't know if the market is going to get there, but here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the daily chart. I'm looking at this move down. It's a little bit of a chop shop, but looks like it's working its way lower. It's underneath the moving averages. You do have the 100 period moving average sloping up. However, the market's basically been riding above this upsloping 100 period moving average. So if in fact we came down, is that really going to be a legitimate area of chart support? It may be, but it's probably not the best. What if you go over to a monthly chart? This is the monthly chart of the December gold contract. This is a breakup candle. This is the low, which is down at 1412. This is our number down at 1430 and change. You can see, while we may spike it by a little bit, it's a breakup candle low. So somewhere in that general zone, there should be garden variety chart support. When we look at various charts and we can have a case why there would be support or resistance at a certain price zone on different charts, that's how you begin to put the pieces to the puzzle together. When you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again, it's like three guys telling you you're drunk. Go sit down. You're probably drunk. You're probably right. What you're seeing on the chart is probably correct. One of the big problems in trading is we tend to second guess ourselves a lot because we remember the times we were wrong. We remember the bad trades. That's the problem. A lot of times that prevents us from getting in the good trades at the right price. Why? Because when it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. And when it feels really, really right, like you want to hop on board, it's generally wrong. What's going on over in crude oil? Same December contract, same routine. Below all the moving averages, there's nothing real healthy and bullish on this chart. This chart is essentially, it's not a bear flag pattern, but you can make a case that it's a bear flag pattern. It's a choppy thing going on down here. It's a bearish wedge pattern. Generally speaking, these are going to play out to the downside. However, if in fact we found crude closing hourly and daily above $55 a barrel, I think it would take off to the upside and go right into that 200 period moving average with this gap right here, $57. It's a long way off. I'm not saying that's coming. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying... We know about the release of energy in the market. If, in fact, the energy is scheduled to be released to the downside and it doesn't do it, we've seen this in many, many markets, many stocks, all kinds of stuff. It ends up going in the other direction. So it's just something to be aware of. It's an awareness thing. How about silver? I've gotten a few requests to cover silver, so I'm happy to do so. And by the way, if you want something else covered, let me know. I'm happy to cover it. I can't cover 50 stocks in these videos, but I can certainly cover markets that may be of interest to various people and I don't realize it. That's fine. I have no problem with that. As you can tell, I like to look at charts. So here's the first thing that really jumps off the page at me with silver. I see two things. I see the same thing we saw in gold. I see that down move, and I see this 
sideways bearish wedge pattern, flag pattern thing going on. That's generally going to do that. However, what I also see is something else. I see this candle here that closed above the high of the breakdown candle. So now all of a sudden, I can't help but notice this little thing going on. It's one of these patterns inside the pattern. You have a bullish pattern inside of a bearish pattern, and that's conflicting. doesn't tell you one thing or the other, but it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It goes on the table as long as we're below the moving averages, meaning in this case, the 50 and the 20 period moving average, it's bearish. But if you jump above the 50 period moving average, I'm here to tell you this thing will run a little bit up to this little double top here, which isn't very far away. But if you get above that, you're going to 1865 all the way up in this neck of the woods right here. That's a pretty decent move for silver. It's a big if. You got to do it first. And if, in fact, gold's going to go down like we discussed before, likely both metals are going to go down together. They very rarely, they very rarely diverge. Other than for a day or two, that's fine. But in the large scheme of things, from a macro standpoint, they very rarely diverge from each other for too long. And that's about everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. So I will pull the ripcord here. Before I do that, I must thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. It's a team effort and there is no I in team. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.